Yeah, well, you know what they say, third time's a charm, right? Three is a magic number. <laughs> Konnichiwa, and welcome to a very special episode of Third Time's a Charm, a show that takes a look at the third installment of a franchise. Today's movie is Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift from 2006, directed by Justin Lin. I'm your host, Sean's dad, Mike, and welcome to the epic conclusion of the three-part crossover event. A quick word about this show. It's not your average episode of Third Time's a Charm. We only really focus on certain aspects of the film, such as continuity. To hear us discuss everything else about Tokyo Drift you don't hear here, be sure to listen to Too Fast, Too Forever to hear part one of this discussion, and High School Slumber Party to hear part two of this discussion. And now get ready for part three of this discussion right here on Third Time's a Charm. It's really cool that I got a part three episode on my own show about part threes. It's almost as if this show is folded in on itself some way, and I love it. But before we get to Tokyo Drift, a little business to take care of. That's right, it's time for the show within a show. No part three. No, 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 Part three. Today's no part three has a very deep connection to today's movie and this franchise in general. I know I'm not alone when I say I dearly need to see another entry in this hardcore action series led by the one and only Jason Statham that goes by the name of Crank. Crank 3, where are you? Now, if you haven't seen Crank 1 or 2, stop what you're doing and go and watch those movies back to back immediately. They're made by the completely insane Neville Dean and Taylor, who also once directed Nick Cage in Ghost Rider 2. And then Taylor came back to direct Nick Cage in Mom and Dad. I love the Crank movies. I challenge you to find a more insane mainstream American action movie series that pushes the intensity and craziness of what's possible in film, at least around the time these movies were made. So yeah, Crank 3 would be amazing. But for now, there's just no part 3. No, 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 no. Part 3. So that'll do it for No Part 3 this time. And now it's time to take off your Air Jordans, put on your Wabaki, because we're about to drift, drift, drift. Gassed up and we're all back and here we are everybody so welcome to part three of the unprecedented three-part crossover cage club network event <laughs> all right let's get right to it let me introduce my guests which by the way right off the bat first time i have three guests on the show whoa so breaking all kinds of new ground here tonight three guests three three that makes sense mm. first up from part one of the Tokyo Drift three-part crossover event from Too Fast, Too Forever, the Fast and the Furious podcast. Please welcome Joey Lewandowski and Joe Two. Hello, guys. Hello there, Mike. What's up, brother? How are you doing? Good. So, Joe Two, this is your first appearance on A Third Time's a Charm. Welcome to the club. It is, 
and I'm excited. I like the number three a lot. Joe two for three. <laughs> also joining us from part two of the Tokyo Drift crossover from High School Slumber Party from P.S. I Love Hoffman from P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Please welcome back. You know this guy, Brian a Late Night Rodriguez. Welcome back. What up? Glad to be here. I, I feel so at home at Third Time's a Charm, so it's always good to be back in a place where you're loved and beloved. Well, I'm glad you want to be here because you kind of have to be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> To close out this movie, which is, as I mentioned, the fast and furious Tokyo Drift. So tonight we're going to try and discuss, you know, some of the things that we didn't talk about on the last two episodes and how this is a very unique movie, I feel, especially with its continuity. And it all changes. The whole series seems to change right here with part three. So this is very exciting. Right off the bat, I just want to say there's no number three in the title. No. Which I believe is kind of telling. I think that's crazy because, like, two, they focus so heavily on making it too fast, too furious, right? So, like, there's two twos in number two, and then three just goes Tokyo Drift. It's like you're hinting that they're like taking a detour a little bit. I don't know how you could have worked the number into the title, but they managed to do it down the line. And feel free to talk about the entire series at any point that you need to reference it. But, you know, Fast Five and so forth, Fate of the Furious, the number goes with the title most of the time. So what would this have been with the number three in it? It probably just would have been the Fast and Furious 3 Tokyo Drift, right? Yeah, I think that goes to something we said on High School Slumber Party, where I kind of theorize that this film... Not originally, but at one point was just not going to be a standalone, but kind of like a Bring It On sequel or an American Pie sequel. Like, they still made American Pie 3 after these other DVD sequels, you know? Ah, good point. And I just don't think they wanted to, like, attach it yet. But then it was good, so it became part of Familia. Makes sense. Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, a fun, punny, you know, 3, like, Fast and Furious third gear or something like that. Like, Well, that's cool. I think three is hard to play on. Like, fate makes sense, right? Well, what's also weird about this is that this is the only... I mean, the, for a franchise that spans the globe so broadly, it's the only movie that actually references where the movie takes place. It's not like, you know, Fast Five, Rio, Drifter. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a good point. So I feel like, for whatever reason, they wanted to focus on the location rather than the entry in the franchise. And again, this is the... You know, we talked about it either on the first episode or the second one that this is the first time that Justin Lin came on board to direct and so maybe it was his idea his vision to like tell a different story that this is in the same world but not quite in sequence and it's, it's definitely not in sequence because this is again important to know uh, takes place chronologically after six so yeah you're right maybe the idea was that four would have been like fast and furious like rio breaking or you know what i mean like they could have all had like names of the places that they were in so that makes sense yeah sort of like what they were doing with the italian job the brazilian job which became fast five maybe fast 10 will be fast and furious 10 the moon here we come. <laughs> it's, it's fast 10-year seatbelts. It's fast 10-year seatbelts. <laughs> but it is interesting. Like, th- that's another thing about this movie in particular. And, you know, I don't really care at this point where it, your film lays within your series. Like, this, I feel like the continuity-wise, like, this movie is extremely special. <laughs> like, I don't think, like, any other series really does something like this. The continuity, you know, weaves throughout the rest of the franchise. Like, this movie made such an indelible mark on the fans and the series that uh, it has been incorporated into the rest of it. See, I think this could have been, like, a better analogy is, like, this is more like a, originally, I think, more theorized as, like, a Rogue One you know. Okay. Even though there's one in the title, but you know what I mean. Somewhat like what they're doing now with Hobbs and Shaw, where 
it's becoming an anthology series in a way. If it doesn't have a number, you can divorce it, you know? If Hobbins and Shaw happen to suck, it's like whatever. It's just like the bastard stepchild. Although, I think they put themselves in a corner, and not to talk about that movie again, but they put themselves in a corner by rebranding it. Like, it was just known as, and we talked about this on, what was it, Joe? Like, our, our first episode or second episode of this lap, where Maybe. they went from being just Hobbs and Shaw to now the Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's right. Yeah, that's right. They re-added the Fast and the Furious to the beginning of it, because they were pitching it as just Hobbs and Shaw for a while, and we were trying to figure out that they wanted to attach it to Fast and the Furious to, like, you know, be it because they're trying to boost ratings or whatever, but they've they've now attached Fast and the Furious to the beginning of it, which it wasn't like that when it started. We hypothesized that that was to bring in the more casual fan, the more casual viewer who doesn't know the names Hobbs and Shaw, maybe they only saw the first three or four, they, they, they got on board before The Rock joined, but they know the Fast and Furious. And so I feel like it makes sense in that way, but also, if it's bad, and I don't think it's gonna be bad, but if it's bad, they can't really divorce themselves from it unless they re-rebrand and then just call it Hobbs and Shaw. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a weird kind of middle ground in, in that regard. But it, it doesn't have a number, though. This one was always Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. You're right. I mean, hypothetically, they could make Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift Part 2 now, couldn't they? Or yeah. they could make Hobbs and Shaw 2. Very and true. Things like that. What if they did Part 3 of Tokyo Drift? That would, like, rock your world, yeah. <laughs> the world would explode. Yeah. <laughs> We're always begging for a Giselle and Han spinoff, so, like, it's not too far-fetched. No, well, exactly. That's the thing, is, like, I feel like because... I feel like it all kind of harkens back to this. Like, because they did this, and they were able to take Han, who I would like to talk about more soon, but how they were able to take Han and continue him, even though he's sort of this man at a time. Like, he's the out-of-order man. (laughs) Yeah, I just think that's really interesting, is, like, now they're sort of saying, hey, like, let's not just take characters, but, like, let's actually take ideas that we were trying out back in the day and like see if we can still build upon those too and yeah I gotta give it up to the marketing department because I actually think adding the Fast and Furious title to Hobbs and Shaw was a very smart choice I do too I agree yeah yeah you're gonna get a lot of fans that may not have realized that uh, this isn't just the new Rock and Jason Statham movie that this actually is part of a shared universe yeah I mean I don't know if you if there's really like any fans that are of the Fast and the Furious that are like missing that Hobbs and Shaw are having a movie because they're promoting the the fuck out of it. I mean, I guess we're, we're the wrong audience to ask, right? Because, like, yeah. I'm on top of it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, I guess there could be a lot of people that just, like, didn't realize that it was going to happen. I always think of, like, my mom, right? Like, if she just saw Hobbs and Shaw, she definitely would not realize that it was a Fast and Furious movie. But once she sees that, she might... I'm not saying she'll go to see it, but she definitely knows it's in the franchise. Yes, that makes sense. Now that you said that, that makes perfect sense. My mom would do the exact same thing. I agree with you. I still feel like certain people don't know which Marvel movies fall with in the MCU necessarily. That's fair. Is Venom connected and stuff like that. So like it just helps to sort of make no mistake this is actually part of that. Yeah, just it, it cuts down on the confusion in the long run, I think. Yeah, I think so. So let's talk about Han for a while because like he's kind of, to me, just this anomaly in film history to be quite honest like it's kind of hard to think of a character quite like this the only thing i kind of came partially close to is the ray nicolette character from the elmore leonard universe who is played by michael keaton in both jackie brown and out of sight where you know he is connecting two movies and making and letting you know it's sort of part of a shared universe but give me some impressions of han and how you guys feel he fits into the greater series at large if you feel like they made the right choice if you feel like it was seamless or not let's talk about how it's out of order i really like han because it was one of my first experiences in movies where like 
a guy that just exudes cool is not like a blonde haired blue eyed white guy so like that was like the first thing that I noticed about Han and I was just like I remember watching Tokyo Drift being like he's like the coolest character that they've had in Fast and the Furious yet like he's equally as cool as Brian to me just real chill casual you know has the money and the girls and like a garage so like that just blew me away like when I first had the like interaction with Han. I think he's way more cool than Brian. At least early Brian is like real uptight, I think. Yeah, Brian's a buster. Come on. Yeah. Over time when he meets me and stuff, he sort of he sort of evens out a little bit, but like early on, I think he's like all wired. He's all amped up. One, yeah. Two, he's in Miami. He's kind of more cool, right? He's a little more in his element with with Roman and Tej, yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah, so, like, he was getting there, but then you see Han, who's just, like, way cooler than Brian. And, like, now I'm looking back on it, like, of course, yeah, I think that Han's way cooler than Brian, and Brian eventually becomes cooler, because he's, like, the star in, like, 6 and 7 and stuff. But Han, like, comes out, and he takes over the Fast and Furious universe for me. Like, he's, like, the coolest character they've had so far, to this point. Yeah, he kind of feels like Han Solo, to a degree, a a lot of the times, where he's just, like, this roguish dude. Well, you know that's his name, right? That's his last name is Solo? Well, his name is Han Lu, but he, on on his driver's license at some point it's Han Solo S-E-O-U-L-O-H oh that's great I, if, if all the times I've watched these movies I never inspected their driver's licenses which you know that's in like six they show them when they're like trying to find them in um like Interpol they like show their licenses yeah yeah the other thing to point out about the Han character is that he actually comes from a different movie altogether like he's again so this is uh, off topic a little bit, but there was this discussion and this is, you know, pretentious if you want it, but there's Quentin Tarantino has talked about his two universes, right? Like there's the realer than real universe, and there's the movie universe, and characters from one can interact with each other in other movies, but characters from the other can, like you, can, you can't go between the two unless you're Winston Wolf because he is so cool that he's able to transfer between the two. Anyway, what I'm saying, it's cool if you want to buy into it. If you hate Tarantino, it's the same thing, which is like, come on, man. But what I'm trying to say is that Han is so cool that he's able to transfer his character Character, essentially from Better Luck Tomorrow to this world, that he's such a cool character that he's able to go from a different franchise, different world altogether into this established thing. So again, further cool points for Soon Kang and Han Solo. Yeah, and you know, just strength points for character as well. Like the idea that he and Justin Lin crafted this character that I bet you could drop Han into any movie. Yeah. Like, put him in Jurassic Park, and, you know, he'd work. Han as Bond. Bond. Oh my gosh. For sure. Bond, for sure. A thousand percent. I was gonna say that, yeah. Now, he's Han who in Better Luck Tomorrow? He's Han Lu in this. What would he be in Bond? Han Bond. Han Bond. Bond. Han Bond. Han 2? Han 2. He could be a relative of yours. Exactly. I was I was a little preferential to 2, so. <laughs> or would he be Han 3, because that's the third Han. Ooh. Han 3PO. <laughs> Han 2D2. <laughs> they all work. I mean, he's that cool. They all are perfect, yeah. Mike, you're never going to be able to escape from your Return of the Jedi episodes, I'm telling you that. It's turtles all the way down. Well, you know, my Leaf Brothers, I'm glad we're all here together on the tree. Deep Ewok reference there. Back to what you said before, though, like the second part of this question, I think it's an excellent idea to bring Han back because I remember watching this the first time I watched, you know, Tokyo Drift. When you see Han die, I was like, shit, that's one of the coolest characters in this universe. It really sucks that he'll, 
that there's no chance that he can come back, you know? So, like, Jesse dies, cool. Jesse was cool, but he's kind of auxiliary, like, you know, cutting Jesse out is whatever. But, like, seeing Han die, I was like, fuck, man, like, I really like that character. But then you start the next movie, and he's in the opening scene. It's just like, wait, what? Exactly. So they, like, gave us exactly what we wanted, and I see it in four, and I'm like, oh, shit, like, this is awesome. I can't believe they brought Han back. And then, smartly, maybe, they, like, they just sort of drift him to the back, not drift unintentionally used there, but drift him to the background, Ooh. because they're like, we're gonna focus, like, this movie is meant to focus on Brian and Dom, Letty and me. Like, these are the, this is who we're focusing on. But he's there. But I think the Han intro scene is just as cool as the Dom outro scene of Tokyo Drift, because, like, you know, you, it's just like an inkling, like, he's still here. You know what I mean? Like, we're, they're just dangling in front of you. So, like, if you're not, like, sold on four, like, you know, you start watching it, Han's in, like, the first second, so you're like, oh, shit, Han's back, cool. And then you start thinking about that, and then, then you're into the movie. And also... Both scenes, both the end of this movie and the beginning of 4, have them in their element, in the car. You know what I mean? Like, they always look cool anyway, but they look even cooler behind the wheel of a car, whether they are just waiting to race or going after a truck with a guy with a, an iguana or whatever. So, you know, whatever they're doing, they look cool behind the wheel of a car. Exactly. Yeah, it's great how they bookend, too. Like, the last movie closes with Dom, and the next movie opens with Han, and they're together. And it also makes your brain go, wait a minute, this series is out of order. Exactly. They tell you with the first scene with having Han in it that, like, there's discontinuity now. Like, we know that it happened. Mike, has that ever happened in another franchise that you know that they've done the movies out of order? Well, the only thing that I could think of is back when I was a kid, hearing that the Indiana Jones franchise is that Temple of Doom is an episode that takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, so as far as I can recall, the closest comparison I actually could come up with was Halloween 3, just in the sense that it's a series that had a thing going where it had a continuity with consistent characters for the first two movies, and then the third one just flipped everything upside down. Yeah, like, that still takes place on Halloween. This still takes place in the world of cars, but all new characters, barely any reference to what happened earlier. But unfortunately, like, Twinkie's not selling DVDs of The Fast and the Furious in this movie. Like, that would be super cool. You know what I mean? I want so much meta shit like this. Joey knows it. I ask for it all the time. Like, I always want, like, yeah, Twinkie to be selling bootleg copies of Fast and Furious, like, the first Fast and Furious. Joe's ultimate dream is for somebody, for, like, Ludacris, for Tej, to be listening to our podcast in a movie. So, I mean, if, if that happens, anything goes. I want it to become self-aware. I do. I want it to... I wanted to know that it, it is a movie in itself. Like, I really want them to do it, but just a dream. Well, I mean, you never know, because it doesn't seem like this franchise is slowing down anytime soon. True. We didn't know how they were going to keep going, and Superhuman's the next up, so who the fuck knows? Like, quite honestly, like, I am not putting... I mean, like, I would put money down. Like, maybe we would get the Han and Giselle fanfic I'm trying to write. Like, some actual screenwriters working on it now. Like, you never know. Like, that might be what they're trying to do, is, like, plug up little, like, holes and things the way they tried to do with Star Wars. If they keep making a billion dollars every movie, they're gonna eventually plug up every hole that we have. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Gal Gadot wouldn't come back, right? Like, I totally believe she'd come back if she was the lead of her own Fast and Furious movie. We're hearing about this other female-led Fast and Furious spinoff. Like, they're really doing whatever. Like, they're just trying it. That's, that's a good point. I know we didn't talk about that, but, like, I wonder if Gal's gonna be in the girl... Fast and the Furious. I wonder who's going to be in the girl Fast and the Furious. Depends on when it's set, right? Whether it's modern day or a throwback or whatever. Yeah. Because, like, is Mia or Letty going to be there? Who knows? Maybe Suki. I wish Suki. But if we're talking about, you know, plugging up holes and Suki, I gotta say it, bend over, boy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I would take a Netflix series of, like, Suki and Neela. Somehow they know each other and they meet up. Well, did you know that there is a Netflix series coming? Oh, really? 
I did not. But it's about Dom's cousin? Is that right, Joe? His brother? His cousin? Yeah, it's his, like, nephew. No, it's his cousin. And it's gonna be... Is it animated, too? I think it's animated, yeah. It's in, again, it's sort of, it's in this world, but not of these characters. So I guess in a sense, it's kind of like Tokyo Drift in that it exists within this world, but we don't know anybody in it. That's really weird. It's going to be so strange to have, like, all these offshoots. Like, we're going to have, like, the family tree, like, split, you know what I mean? And it's going to be really, really strange when we get to, like, animated series and stuff like that. That's going to be top tier of, like, it could go either way. Like, I I get nervous when I hear animated series. Well, it's interesting because sometimes the animated stuff, you know, they could do things cheaper than live action. And it's like, you know, to be quite honest, some of those newer Star Wars animated series like Rebels, especially, I think that's far better than what's going on in the live action universe right now. And it's all it's all connected and stuff. But Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse, dude. Same thing. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. 100%. So, I mean, hopefully it'll be good. But like, I think the, the challenge and maybe what they want to try and do is like hook a younger audience and then integrate those characters into the live action and vice versa. That's a good move. Yeah. So like maybe you get cartoon Dom showing up and Vin Diesel doing the voice one day. Or like cartoon Vin Diesel's cousin shows up in 10, you know? Either way. You can go back and forth. That's another way to bring Brian back, right? Is like animate him. Like have him be an animated character one day? I don't know. I mean, it's possible. Oh, that's a really good smart move. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, you know, shout out, shout out to uh, Hanks for the memories. But we 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 know that uh, Tom Hanks' brother is it. Tom Hanks' brother does like voices for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does the uh, toy voices. I think that's so crazy. You said that because we were just watching the Final Table on Netflix, and he was like a judge last night. Well, I mean, like last night, as in that's when I was watching it, and they sound identical. Like Rachel and I were like listening to him talk, and we were like, "Damn, he sounds just like Tom Hanks." And now that you bring this up, that's crazy. Good timing. And so. Maybe, you know, because Paul Walker's got a handful of brothers who stood in for him as his body double to finish shooting Furious 7 after he died. So maybe one of their voices, I don't remember from the I Am Paul Walker doc of the guys who were there, but like maybe one of their voices is close enough that they could get him to just voice. Although is that, are we cool with that? You know, my wet dream is, and it's going to be great for you guys, is that Keanu voices animated Brian. I mean, I'll take it. But like to answer Joey's question, I'm I'm actually okay because I've heard that the family wants him to be, you know, brought back in some capacity like he they like him being sort of remembered for this franchise you know it's kind of it's a very positive thing i believe in in their lives to be able to watch these movies and see him so like i don't know like i would be okay if they're okay with it like i don't see it to be that like it's disrespectful yeah as long as they're fine with it yeah i also want meadow i want meadow to be in the girl movie now that we're talking about this it's, it's tough because, you know, like, Princess Leia has been animated, and she's, you know what I'm saying, gone on new adventures, and it's not Carrie Fisher, and it, you know, but it's her likeness and stuff, so it's, you know, it's tricky, but I, I don't know, I think the fans would would love it. I think it would be embraced. It's getting way off track from Tokyo Drift. To be- Sorry. No, no, love it's good. Love these car puns. Stop for gas. So, is this movie not only part three, but is it also part seven in, like, what, like a quarter or something? Like, has anybody referred to it that way? Clear this up for me, guys. What's the timeline here? I think I know the timeline, but someone please help me. It's actually really easy. It's one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight. So it's either three or it's six. Oh, that works out pretty well. What's the real three in the timeline? Three would be four. Now, but couldn't one say that this takes place at the same time as another film? No. Because 
because Han leaves after six and says like, well, we've kind of talked about this, but Han specifically says like, I'll end up in Tokyo eventually. And then he's like, I'm going to Tokyo at the end of... Yeah, at the end of five, when he and Giselle are driving on the Autobahn. But we get Han's scene though. What? Don't we get Han's death scene in another one of the films? Yeah, at the end of six. But that's when they retrofitted in so that they could be like, oh, it was Jason Statham who did it. So it's between... Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. Because spoilers for the franchise, but at the end of five, he and Giselle drive off in Germany on the Autobahn. They're like, you know, she's like, I hear Tokyo's nice. He says, we'll get there eventually. Then at the end of six, Giselle dies. And then credits roll. Mid-credits, we see the scene from this movie. I think he even says he's going to Tokyo. Like, I even like I even think after Giselle dies, doesn't he like mention he's like getting out of there? or something. I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he says, like, he's always wanted to go or whatever. Yeah, and Six picks up with them, I believe, in China, so they're getting close at the beginning of that movie, and then they get called off. Right. Yeah, that's where they get recruited, with that really cool back-to-back gun scene. So at the end of Six, credits roll. In those credits, we see the scene from this movie. Jason Statham crashes into them, or into him, kills him, calls Dom. So then the only, there's a little bit of overlap, because, like, 15 or 20 minutes into Furious 7, we see Dom get the phone call. That's when the house blows up. So this is kind of happening at the beginning of Seven. And I guess a little bit more because it takes Dom some time to get to Tokyo. So he doesn't arrive until the end of Tokyo Drift, right? Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. When he shows up, it's the end of that movie. And then the rest of Seven, you know, we're off and running for, like, we're kind of back on track now. The timeline has been restored. I never thought about that. You're right. Because mid-Seven, doesn't Dom go to Tokyo and he meets up with Sean and everybody, right? Yeah, but, but like they're saying, he's already there because at the end of three, he's like, I'm friends with Han, and Han's already dead. So, like, going backwards... I just think that the mid-credit... So, the, I think, I think, I think the final scene in this movie where it's Dom saying, I got nothing but time, takes place basically in the middle of seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all I was saying is it takes the rest of Tokyo Drift, like, needs to play out by the time he gets the phone call that from Shaw and gets to Japan. Like, all that other stuff is going on with Shaw, and is what I'm thinking is, like, he's challenging the Yakuza, they're doing the downhill race, they're, you know, they're rebuilding the car, like, all that stuff is also happening. Why don't you guys get your boy, Walt Hickey, to make, like, a little chart here to help me out? Because that's how I understand things. Well, you gotta, you gotta ask him yourself on our Risky Business episode of Cruise Club. Ooh, good point. I'm gonna ask him in that tone, too. Like, listen, Walt. <laughs> What the hell? Make me a chart. Shout out Numlock News. So Han is in part three, part four, part five, part six, part seven. Okay, he's just referenced in seven. And um, in four, he's only in, you know, like one or two scenes in the beginning of four. And then he's like, I'm getting out of here. And like leaves. Well, that's a weird thing about this franchise, because Joe and I have talked about this too on past laps of our show, is that like, we think Michelle Rodriguez is like this core character in the series. And she is, but she's not in two. She's not in three. She quote unquote dies half an hour into four. She's not in five and she's in six on the other side so like letty who is this core member of the family pivotal character is not really in the movies that much wow when you put it out when you lay it out like that it's kind of crazy and honestly dom too we talked about this too because don skips two and three like he only comes in like one scene in three so it's like you know he missed a couple as well yeah that kind of goes back to how that this was the brian franchise like brian is more or less the main character here at least you know one through seven as much as he could be like he's in it the most i feel i feel it belongs to him when i look back upon it you know yeah it is about brian and then they're trying to hand it off in different directions they couldn't really i guess like put it all behind vin diesel because they brought in the rock and such and now he's off doing his own thing so i'm just really interested to see who they bring in next in the core franchise not in the spin-offs maybe han had a brother 
that would be interesting. Maybe Sean will come back. I mean, how would you... Well, we talk about this all the time, and I know you guys mentioned it over on Too Fast, Too Forever, but, like, who would you love most from this movie in particular, from Part 3, from Tokyo Drift? Who would you want to see back, or who do you think would work best to come back and actually, you know, have, like, um, last, like, a movie or two? Like, be a new part of the fam? I would love Neela in the all-girl spinoff. Like, she's the drifter in that crew. That's a good move. That's a really smart move. Yeah, I like that one. I was thinking Twinkie because I obviously always just want Bow Wow to come back. And you heard my theory that, like, I want him to run, like, you know, a pawn shop that they have to go to to buy uranium or something. That's what I want. What about Sean's dad? Well, that's exactly who I was going to go for. Oh, sorry for stealing your thunder. No, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't really. How's he going to come back, though? What character is he? Is he just going to play Sean's dad? I don't know. (laughs) There's no way. But he'll finally get a first name. I mean, maybe him and Sean are back on good terms and they move back to the States and he becomes a police officer and then... Oh, that's a good one. He teams up he can team up with some of the cops from, like, the first two movies. Well, especially since we know that the that America is in dire need of good cops based on these movies, so. <laughs> I was thinking he comes back and he's, like a, like, a school security guard and we do, like, another high school one, so we all have to come back. Oh, that'd be hilarious. What if Sean taught Driver's Ed? That'd be cool. Oh, yeah, something like that. Exactly. Do you guys wish that Lucas Black had a bigger role in the series besides just, like, that one little scene later? I, I really did, you know? Like, I understand why he doesn't like especially you know because they took han and they you know they integrated him i feel like they only had room for one and they're like let's use that let's do this he's so much he's like super cool like he's not just another white guy you know he's just more interesting but i would have also loved and would still like for the sean character to come back like at least for part of a movie again like i feel like we got a little teased i'm glad we got something but you know. I teeter on it. Like, I want him to come back, but as we talked about before, like, the universe and the family is getting so big that I don't think that there's space for him right now. Like, there's just, like, physically not enough screen time to give him, to give me what I would want them to do. So I would much prefer them do Tokyo Drift 2 and let him do that as opposed to, like, try to bring him into the main Fast and the Furious universe. Well, I typed in my Google machine and there are apparently rumors for him coming back in 9 or 10. Oh, damn. I mean, we talked about it, though. Like, he should have come back at 8 when they, like, bring all these people back and eat, like, they, the guy that Dom races at the beginning in Cuba, the Havana Mile, like, he comes to New York to help them out. Yeah. It should have been Sean. <laughs> that is true. How does he get to New York, too? Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Joe, too, in here in the sense that, like, I would love to get Tokyo Drift 2, Tokyo Drift 3, and have it be these characters. Like, that would be fun. Like, not integrate them into the, you know, um, as, what are we going to call it, like, the Prime series or something, but, like, let them flourish, you know, on their own. I mean, it might be too late now. It's too late. It's too late. But that could have been cool. Yeah, I mean, you saw how Lucas Black looked and when he did that scene. He was, like, 45. He was 40, and he was pretending it was, like, a couple days later from high school. You know, he could come back, shave his head, get a bunch of tattoos, and look completely different, and grow a beard. <laughs> or what if we just age him up, and he plays father to a future generation, set in the future? That could be cool, too. That would be a good pick, Joey. That's, I think that's the right way to do it. Would you... Okay... So for a franchise like this that has already, you know, flirted with the rules uh, so well and succeeded, how would you feel about him coming back as a different character, having the actor back, but having him play someone else? Oh, God. They haven't done that yet, but uh, that's a possibility that I wasn't even considering. Oh, man. 
No, why would you? I mean, it's kind of stupid, but like that's why it occurred to me. Evil twin brother. His name's like Don. Don and Sean. Wait, why? Why are Sean and Han so sound alike? I don't know. Now that you said that, I don't know. That's weird. Because you think of these kids, like like Bow Wow, for instance, like he's aged so much and looks completely different according to his mugshot and stuff so like if he was gonna come back like he you know how could he be twinkie because this is only nine eight six years after we're only six years after that movie oh fair yeah 13 years after it was made but only six years after it was set so it's it's very difficult that's why they needed to cast channing tatum because he looks great now he looked great then he'll look great in 20 or 30 years he could still be a high schooler now Channing Tatum I don't know unless his custody battle with Jenna Dewan takes a further turn for the worse yeah that's today's news and he was looking a little he was looking a little wrinkly in the pictures of the vodka Joey do you remember this he had like some he was looking a little bit older in the um vodka born and bred vodka promo in Pennsylvania like he was we saw some pictures of him with girls and we were like hmm oh I feel like that's just him being in Pennsylvania like I don't want to be here (laughs) (laughs) It was just his face. He was just like, I hate this place so much. It's just the inside of him on the outside. So with the release of that new trailer with the with the Hobbs and Shaw trailer, and we see how much further they're going now with like the the sci-fi elements and expanding it much more into much more of a like a fantastic sort of universe with the Idris Elba character. Yeah. Like, how would you feel if Takashi X X D K. What if like he came back, but like he was like part cyborg or something? Like, could you guys handle shit like that if it was start if it started to happen? <laughs> First of all, doesn't he die when they like roll off the cliff? He just gets exported. He he just excommunicated. He's done. Yeah, he's banished. He's banished. You're right, and and actually the cyborg thing would kind of fit in. Like you know he becomes like what's the what's the character in the Marvel universe with like the arm? Oh, like Winter Soldier. Yeah, like, he becomes the Winter Soldier, and all of his driving is done through this computerized arm. Like, he shifts with that thing. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be interesting, and that's why he's, like, uncatchable. You can't catch him, because he's, like, you know, got cyborg reflexes. Exactly. You know, he's part of his car. He could actually integrate with his car. I want them to become Transformers so bad. I really do. I want all of the Fast and Furious characters to just become a car. (laughs) Could you handle something if they took a couple of these characters and actually threw them in a Transformers movie? Like, that, that going that far like actually lifting them out of this universe and dropping them somewhere else. And because that is such a car-centric franchise, and the new one was so damn good and much better than the previous ones. But as an exercise, how would that make you feel? I would enjoy it just because I enjoy the characters so much. So like I could tolerate pretty much anything they would do with the characters. I think what spawned it was the idea that Han was taken from a previous film and dropped into this and worked so well. And, you know, maybe there's something about that. I think you could take maybe one... Maybe one, if you, like, put, like, Dom in a different film. You know, pretty much any of them. Like, if you put, like, one of them into a different film franchise with all other different characters, I would enjoy it. But if you try to put, like, three of them in a Transformers, I'd be like, well, fuck, this is just a shitty Fast and the Furious movie. It sort of leads to... What's what's that theory? Brian, you probably know this because it's a, a TV thing, but it's, like, the autistic kid in the hospital. And so it's the St. Elsewhere theory where, like, this kid, this whole thing is a dream, but because of that, like, basically half of all shows that have ever been created, like, exist in the same universe for one reason or another another and I feel like bringing people from one franchise to another kind of sort of maybe opens up to weird nonsense like that I sort of agree with Joe that I, I don't want to I don't want to have it happen too much I'd rather see people brought into this world than these characters brought 
elsewhere. Ah, that's fair. I hear you. Like, I'd rather have Iron Man just show up for some reason than, like, have Dom show up in Avengers 4. Yes, same. Or have them, or have, like, Dom have an Iron Man suit or something, maybe? Yeah. Or retrofit Iron Man 2 so instead of Peter Parker, it's a young Dominic Toretto. There you go. I don't think they've ever combined things like that. Because Better Luck Tomorrow is nothing nearly close to the level of this franchise. So to combine like Transformers and this one, maybe the closest one ever like even talked about was that theorized Men in Black 21 Jump Street thing. Okay. Yeah, it goes back to sort of like the Freddy vs. Jason crossing over, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, actually yeah, Freddy vs. Jason and, and Alien vs. Predator I guess would count. Yeah, those those are good ones. Yeah, it would, it would be that. It would be like Transformers. Transformers versus Fast and Furious kind of situation there. I mean, I understand maybe that they're just too big on their own to work together or something. And yeah, I also think that uh, as much as I'd love to see like Dominic Toretto run around with Optimus Prime. Dom racing Optimus Prime would be so amazing. Or like, yeah, or like in one of like racing in one of the like Autobots or something. You know, it would work like a like a video game of that. Like Need for Speed versus Fast and the Furious. Didn't they do this? Yeah, something like that. Or even Transformers or stuff like that, because like they, they used to have like Marvel versus Capcom. That's a good idea. I think they made one like Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. Like if you had like a, a street racing game with multiple universes, they they sort of did that already. I think so. That's what I was th- getting at. There was a, a Forza game that was basically just a car pack, but it was a for is I think Forza presents the Fast and the Furious. It was free, but it wasn't like a full game. Like I think it was just like a, a couple hours, like basically existing in the world of like Forza Six or whatever on Xbox One. But like it was basically just a car pack of like famous cars from the the from I think either I think it might have been just like just Furious Seven or something like that. But like it wasn't like you got to drive as Dom, but you got to drive Dom's car, and it wasn't like you know streets from the movie. It was like streets from the game. Like it was. It sort of kind of existed, but there's definitely room for growth there. Interesting. What I've done is I've made me characters of some of the Fast and Furious characters on my Switch, and I play as them in Mario Kart. Oh. So that's a lot of fun. And when I used to take my nephew to... Uh, Chuck E. Cheese, they have like all of those car racing games you sit in and they had a Fast and Furious one. I think they have a couple. Oh, did they? I think they have a few. I think I even sent you guys a link that there's a few on eBay that are only a couple grand if if we could all chip in and maybe take turns having it at our house for a couple months each get it for a month or so. <laughs> in what other ways do you guys feel that Tokyo Drift set itself apart from what had already been established with the Fast and Furious movies part one and two? Well, so, I mean, we, we talked about this, I think, a little bit last time with you on our show, Mike, on the Too Fast, Too Furious, but, like, there was a time in this franchise's history where they, they were considering, you know, going from place to place and having sort of different stories in the universe, but this is the first time they did that without, like, bringing a new character over. Like, the fir- from the first to the second, you know, we bring Brian, and that gives us a, a sense of grounding in this world but this is where they finally like fully break loose of that and it's like a whole new idea to have like this new story in the same world that we know only very loosely tied in at the end by having dom show up i like that and i also like for this one the first two were very car based and driving based but i think that this one by far is the most driving based of any of them right because you have to like don i mean sorry i'm sean learning how to drive there's all the drifting and they've like hit the peak that they are going to hit in the series of how much driving is in a film with this one so you know like they by three they really nail it down to give you the most beautiful driving drifting experience of all the series 
it's also the only movie with a, I mean, sort of, I guess fast is sort of a driving thing, but like, it's the only movie in the franchise with actually a driving word in the title. True. Oh, with Drift? Yep. Yeah. Good point. I mean, of course, we talked about it in High School Slumber Party, but it's the only high school-focused one. Yeah, that's very true. It's just such a divergence from the whole rest of the series that, like, even for being a three, it just stands out immensely to me in every aspect. If you want to talk about all new characters or the driving or high school or whatever, like, it just stands alone on its own. You could watch this one, not have seen any of the other ones, and be totally fine, right? It just totally, it exists on its own. Yeah, it's part three, and yet it's not. Mm-hmm. It can exist between worlds like that. Yeah, and it definitely does what I love about part threes and, you know, why there are people who love Halloween 3 and think it is successful on a level and, like, maybe not the level they were trying to go with as far as creating an anthology of the series, but definitely in taking risks and trying to expand on a franchise sort of core idea. Uh, with that movie, it was just the only carryover was the holiday, Halloween. And with this movie, I feel like the only carryover is the cars. It's like, well, we've already seen street racing, like, where else can we go? What other types of driving are, is there that they actually use to race? Um, and they found it. You know, I wonder if, um, you know, if drifting didn't exist, you know, would this, would the franchise have kept going? Because it's in a weird way, like, this isn't just, you know, influential on the rest of this series, but it feels influential, like, on a whole in the way movies and franchises are being developed now, just in the way that some will be out of order, some will, you know, even in the Marvel Universe, there's period pieces, there's movies that take place yeah. before certain movies that have already been released. Like, they're, they're pulling tricks like this. They're not swinging as hard or going as big, but I just feel like somehow this movie did a lot right, hit a nerve, and influenced a lot of stuff after it. I agree, for sure. What other kind of racing if they continued this, would you have liked to seen in this franchise? Well, I would actually like to have seen, I know it's car heavy, but even in the first movie, there was a lot of motorcycles and I'd love to have seen, you know, MotoGP, some of that stuff, maybe get out to the desert and see some Mad Max vehicles or something. Yeah, like Fast and Furious, like Rally racing. Rally would be good. I was thinking IndyCar, like they don't have like a lot of IndyCar going on. You know, I'll tell you, bring back the Demolition Derby. Like, that was great. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much every movie, as they do a Demolition Derby at some point. It's not called it, but they, they destroy 500 cars in one scene in every movie. Well, also, Roman is introduced at a Demolition Derby, kind of, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, great point. Yeah, he's at, literally in a Demolition Derby, you're right. Do we ever get a monster truck in the series? Oh. I don't think we have. I'm kind of surprised. Don't we get... We, we get the tank, which drives over cars... Which, as I'm imagining, is as close as we get to a monster truck. But we don't get a monster truck. But it's kind of crazy. We got a submarine before we got Bigfoot. Like, where's Grave Digger? <laughs> I mean, Joey, where's Truckosaurus or Robotruck? Robosaurus. Has anybody ever been to a Monster Jam? No, I haven't. I've wanted to go. No. They're near us. There's, there's a couple coming to Jersey soon. There was just one in Brooklyn, like, the other day. My friend posted pictures of it, and I'm really disappointed I've never been to one. I, I think we should take a family field trip and go to a Monster Jam at one time. Field trip? My uncle has gone to some. People love it, man. It looks like it's a lot of fun, too. I've always wanted to. There was one weekend. It was... Uh, shout out to the foodie films man himself, uh, Kyle. It was Kyle's birthday, and at the Meadowlands in New Jersey, they were... Friday was a monster truck rally. Saturday was a, the opening of the racetrack, and they had camel races. Camel races? Which, by the way, camel races have robotic jockeys. You should look into that. 
Oh, fuck. I don't know anything about camel racing. That sounds amazing. They don't use little kids anymore. Oh, I saw that. I think I saw that on Real Sports. Yeah. No, that's right. And Sunday was a WWE pay-per-view, and we were like, let's just camp out at the Meadowlands and go do these things. And it didn't happen, but thought it would have been cool. That's a bachelor party weekend if I've ever heard one before. I know, that sounds amazing to me. <laughs> that is a trilogy of events. Also, WrestleMania is coming up at MetLife, just to let everybody know. So Yes, it is. All right, well, th- is there anything else anyone wants to mention before we get to book club? I have, so I'm, I'm going to ask Joe. This, Joe, this is up to you. If you want to politely decline, that's totally fine. But okay. since we recorded our episode, okay? Yes. Okay. The first episode and also Brian's episode. Okay. Um, our super fan Wes wrote in with character descriptions. I'm so down for it. I'm a thousand percent down for it. I know what you're going to say, and I'm with it. Okay. If you listen to the first episode... It's a little teaser. You're only going to get on mic. Sorry, Brian. Yes. Just how, It's just how it played out. So what I want to do is I want to read Brian's character description, because by the end of this lap, we will have refined our quiz. Mike will retake it. I want to read his on that episode. But... I'm going to read now currently the character description for Roman. So if you listen to the first episode of this trifecta, you would have known that Brian got Roman, which is very fitting. You'd know that we made a quiz and that Brian got Roman. Yes. So here is your character description for Roman. All right. Are you ready, Brian? They're so good. These are all so good. We, he, we got them like in the past couple days and they've been amazing, <laughs> all of them. So. so this is from our listener, Wes, super listener, Wes. Uh, thank you, Wes, for writing in. I hope you're listening to these. But here we go. The first ever unveiling, public unveiling of one of these descriptions. Brian, the world might see you as a joker, but you know the truth. You're a double alpha who just knows how to have a good time. You use humor to put others at ease, but you've got more going on in your head than most people give you credit for, even if your mouth does get you in trouble from time to time. You're loyal to a <laughs> And you know your family needs you, despite what their jokes may say, and you drive like the wind wind blows. Nice. How good are those, right? Yeah, that's awesome. So Wes sent us 18 of them. 14 of them are characters in our quiz, so we have a a couple extras that we might add at some point. But 18? Wow. (laughs) He wrote up 18 of those, and they're all so good. And they're all amazing. Thank you, Wes. I feel a little bit better about myself right now. The biggest credit I can give, I'm not going to spoil it, but the biggest credit I can give to him is that I was me, and I was a little bummed because of my first version, in my version of the quiz, and listened back to uh, the Too Fast, Too Furious episode, lap three of our show, to hear the full backstory here but you know on my version of the quiz i got mr nobody i was like yeah fuck yeah mr nobody's awesome and then i got mia when we combined my numbers with joe's and i was like i get it because that's accurate but i'm also bummed because mia doesn't have a lot to do always in the franchise but the credit to wes is that his description of mia makes me proud to be a mia so uh, again shout out wes yeah they're all awesome they're like all like very comprehensive and positive they're fun they're a lot of fun so yeah i i wouldn't be disappointed getting anyone in our quiz with wes's description is Bilkins an option? He was in two films. He is not, although he, you know, he was, and he, not, not only was he not an option, he was never even considered to be an option. Wow. Controversy. You made me choke. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a little offended. Two films. I don't like that. You should see the shit that we had to cut out. Like, there's a lot of people. <laughs> there's a lot of characters. We also didn't include Sean because we messed up, but... It is what it is. We've included many characters from Tokyo Drift. Sean is not one of them. That's bullshit. That's like actual bullshit. He's the lead. Well, he's also just knockoff Brian. Describe Sean. Yeah, like it's like he's kind of like Brian, but like it's like, do you have a southern accent? Cool. Here's Sean. <laughs> like that's what the quiz would be. Like, well, I challenge your listener Wes to integrate 
a Sean description. He did. Oh, he sent. Oh, one. he gave us. Oh, one. good, good. Oh, good. Okay. So, so should I read that one here or no? Because without my, that one might. You go ahead, give it to Brian. Yeah, because we don't have it in the quiz. So. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Hold on. Sean Boswell. You're young at heart, even if you might not look it. <laughs> <laughs> And you enthusiastically jump at every crazy opportunity, even when you have no idea what you're doing. Your excitement to try new things is enviable, but can also lead to trouble if you're not careful. Luckily, you're a good judge of character, and the people you choose as family will help you reach your full potential. And you slide like the wind blows. (laughs) They're all so good, man. They're all so good. The only rule that we said was that it has to end with, and you drive like the wind blows. Although that one was changed to slide uh, for this movie for obvious reasons. And there's one other character, we'll not say who it is, that does not have drive like the wind blows, but it makes sense within the context of... They do something else as the wind blows, yeah. Their description, so... Add characters. Make it 20, make it 30 deep. You're doing this forever, guys. It's gonna expand. It's It's definitely gonna expand, but it's just like... I gotta get Hector. When we were, like, numbering the fucking quiz to like make it happen it was way harder than i ever imagined it would be like i was like okay cool like joey sends me like the questions we're like okay we have to like rank them to see like who would be who and i'm like oh this is cool like i'll just go you know do this and then like i was like an hour and a half deep into it i was on question like two and a half and i was like oh fuck because like you start looking and you're like well Brian could definitely do that. And you're like, but Dom does a little bit more. And then you start like adjusting all the numbers. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then Joe did something that like kind of broke the rules. And I was like, fuck. Cause like, yeah, yeah. I said no at first because I didn't do it, but I really said no because I wanted to do it, and then I just let him do it. So there's a lot that went into these, but we will refine them. So Mike, by the end of the lap, you will take the new and improved quiz, and then next lap, Ryan, when you're back on, you will take the, again, new and improved quiz. So Hopefully we'll have more questions by that. We will. It just, seriously, we, we were like, oh yeah, we're going to make like a bullshit, like, you know, quiz, like the fucking teen magazine things. And it's way harder than it ever could have imagined to be. It was like 20 characters was like rough. I hope you're not too worn out on Quiz Talk yet, because, believe it or not, there is a book club tonight. Is there a book of Tokyo Drift? Well, it is not a novelization, but for 99 cents on Kindle, you can get the unofficial Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift quiz book. 50 facts you never knew about the movie Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Whoa. 50? Is it a real? Is it on paper, or did you get like a Kindle version? It's Kindle only. Oh fuck! I wish I had, there was a paper version of this. I yeah, I wish I could have printed it out or something, or at least bound it and given it to you guys as a gift. Bootleg it for us, please. All right. So it says, remember the third exciting chapter in the saga? This exciting quiz book takes it all back to 2006 and provides multiple choice questions about the great and more important than you think Fast and Furious. Is this officially licensed, or is it just like somebody made this? Oh, no, 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 no. The unofficial Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift quiz book. Okay. Like your podcast. Believe the disappointment was strong. The ebook features 50 questions covering the movie, and some of the questions contain extra facts. It's 50 things you never knew about the movie. The quiz answers are easy to read, and the answers are highlighted in bold. The unofficial Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is ideal for people who love pub quizzes, fast cars, and Japan, or all three. Oh, God. The ebook can be enjoyed by family... Or friends. <laughs> Sorry. Is it a hashtag family or is it just a family? Just says family. I'm actually nervous because like I'm scared to get some of these wrong. It's like I'm really like tense right now about this. The other thing is I haven't really read through this. I'm just going to skip around a little bit and I'll just, you know, I'll go until we get tired or, you know, 10 questions, whichever comes first. <laughs> Give us a couple. Yeah. Mike, did you, I don't know if you really actually um, properly articulated how ghetto this cover is. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I 
Of what? Can I? What is it called again? Hang on, I'll I'll send you the picture in Discord. Yeah, can you link? Can you link us? It is bananas. Yeah. So if you're listening, check it out in the show notes. <laughs> oh my god, that's like straight from like what Stutterbox or whatever it is. Like they were like cars. They just searched cars on Google and got that. <laughs> Bob Tilly. Thanks, Bob Tilly. I appreciate it. So now we know a little more of what you're up against. Okay. All right, so I'm just going to skip around a little bit, and, uh, you know, it's multiple choice, so everyone will get a chance, and... No multiple choice. No, don't... Oh, actually, sorry to interrupt, but this has zero reviews on Amazon. I'm going to leave a five-star review and just say, boy, do we have a podcast for you. Oh, good play. Okay. We shouldn't need multiple choice. You don't want the multiple choice? Okay, we'll do it without multiple choice first, if you think you can get them, but... And then if we can't get it, we'll get the multiple choice. Okay. Because some of these, you might want the multiple choice. Some of them you might not want. I guess we'll start here. What is Sean's car? Oh, that is not a question for me. I have no idea. He has multiple cars. Yeah, he has multiple cars. It says either an Evo. So, okay, so that's why it's a multiple choice quiz. An Evo? Yeah, the Mitsubishi Evolution 8. Yep, yeah, that's that's his main red car. What is Neela's IM chat username? Drift Girl. Yes. But what is it in Japanese? I don't know. That's right. It's written. It says here, that's right. It's written in Japanese. I told you. Don't think we need a multiple choice. I think we could do this. Where is the movie mainly based? Oh, come on. Arizona. Japanese high school. Tokyo, California, Miami, or Shanghai? Miami. <laughs> That's right. It was filmed in Tokyo and Los Angeles. Oh, okay. This was often made to look like it is of the style of Tokyo. Was this book for free, or did you pay for it? Sorry, you said 99 cents? Yeah. Yeah. We need to start writing more books. What is Sean's father's job? Lieutenant. Lieutenant in the Navy. A U.S. Naval officer, a sergeant in the Army, a doctor, a mechanic. Navy, yeah. Who does Sean befriend in school in Japan? Twinkie. Mila. Okay. Han. Bow Wow. Yeah. Bilkins. This is why you want the multiple choice, guys. Here's the choices. Ready? Yes. Tinky, Dipsy, <laughs> Dinky, or Twinkie? <laughs> oh, God. Tinky? Teletubbies. Took me right back. Okay. So here's why I'm, I'm going to read the choices for this one, too. Who teaches Sean how to drift? A. Early. B. Morimoto. C. Clay. D. Han. Cassius Clay, final answer. Well, I only read those because I don't remember Early being a name and Clay being a person. Oh, Clay is um, Clay is Tool Time. He's Home Improvement. Yeah. That's his yeah. name. Oh, that was Clay. Yeah, because she's like, stop it, Clay. I thought you loved me or whatever. All right, a couple more. I mean, I think you guys get the picture at this point. No, no, it's fun. It's fun. I like it. We're doing good. This book came out two years ago. It was published in 2017. Why? Says says the guys who do podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, forever. but I mean, we're not. Yeah, okay, fair, fair. Touche. <laughs> we just made a character quiz for Fast and the Furious. Who's worse? <laughs> really? I have a quick quiz within the quiz. Anybody want to guess? This is sort of like our letterbox game. Anybody want to guess the Amazon.com sales rank overall in the Kindle store? Come on. Lower than 120,000. million. So 120,000, 1 million. Mike? Like, uh, yeah, a billion. <laughs> 3,256,761. It's only up from zero because Mike bought it to read it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it has one sale, and it's Mike. And it's even got a typo. Just listen to question 22. Who bought in Toshi Hayama to ensure things were portrayed correctly on screen with regards to certain aspects of the cars. Who bought in? It should be brought. It's missing an R. What's this author's name? Bob Tilly. Who's, who brought him in? I don't know. 
Oh, 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 uh, the answer was Roger Fan. Weird. That's a tough one. Oh, so this one is, you know, unless you're, you know, maybe you'll get this by the next lap. This will be memorized. But the Porsche Boxster in the same garage as Twinkie's car. Yes. Has what numbers on the license plate? Oh, fuck. Yeah, I have no idea. Jesus. Wow. You were making it out like this guy was like asking like, you know, literally, where does this movie take place? Yeah. And now you're like, what license? <laughs> well, this is like, you know, obscure bar trivia stuff like just somebody watching the movie and pausing and being like, uh, in this scene where the Mercedes-Benz limo pulls up, there are balloons in the background. What color are the balloons? Somebody read Highlights Magazine as a kid. What are the numbers on the on the license plate, though? 987. But I feel like some of the fun of this book is some of the answers that they're giving you. Like, you know the answer to this question, but let me read the answers to you. Okay. So, who auditioned for a role in the movie? Ready? A, Colin Pierce, B, Albert Pierce, C, Channing Tatum, D, Edwin Tatum. Edwin Tatum. (laughs) Why? Why? I don't know, man. This is like some weird world that we just discovered. Like, I feel like when Joey and I discovered fan fiction, Mm -hmm. like, this is like another subset of something that we didn't know existed. This is like the boring fan fiction. This is the nonfiction fan fiction. Fan (laughs) nonfiction. Yeah. This is fan fact. (laughs) Fan fact. Who plays Mrs. Bustle? I don't even know who that is. (laughs) That's not even a real character. Isn't that Sean's mom? Boswell? He's Boswell. It says B-U-S-S-E-L-L. I'm going to feel really bad if this is like an eight-year-old who made this. (laughs) Ellen Boyd, Linda Boyd, Natasha Klein, or Nadia Teller. And then after it says, that's right, she's fed up of moving herself and Sean around and so sends him to Tokyo to live with his father. This was some middle schooler's assignment that he decided... No, because he has more of them. I looked on Amazon. He has like 20 of these books. Really? Yes. Wow, I mean... It's a lot of Harry Potter quizzes. Well, we found, Joe, that like when you, when people in the fan fiction world find their niche, they stick to it. So I'd imagine people in the fan fact world do the same. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I think that's what's happening. Why were the drift drivers brought in? A, they were cheap. B, they wanted things to look more realistic. C, none of the studio drivers could drift. Or D, they weren't needed at all. I mean, it's obviously C, but I just don't... I don't know who, like... If this was a quiz that people were taking, like, I don't know... You could start a really big fight in a bar based on how... Like, you'd be like, no, because it wanted to look more realistic. You're like, but nobody could drift. And you can't prove either one. Yeah, and also some of these questions are just insane. Like, listen to this one. Okay, so what was the second album for the film called? Ooh. Was it A... The Furious and Fast Score, B, The Fast Score, C, The Original Score, or D, The Score. The Score. Like, that's wrong, but I mean, this is all wrong. Like, this all feels wrong. (laughs) By the way, at some point, because we didn't do it in, in all three episodes, can we talk about that awesome Teriyaki Boys Tokyo Drift song. I love it. I think it's the first... Is it the first... No, it's not the first film-specific song we get. No, we get Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. No, no, because it was too fast, too furious. Although they use it twice in this movie. They use it in the in the movie and then in the credits. But we've already established that that's okay because we had Pump It Up 15 times <laughs> in two. Right, but I'm saying like in the movie they edit out when they say Fast and Furious dip dip. Like they just cut past that part. So yes. like when it plays in the movie, it's not referential of the of the universe. But I think in the credits, I think they play the full extended version. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. I mean, this is definitely, for me, I feel like this is where they realized more like we get a, we could actually link 
songs to this to each of these movies and like the soundtracks can really be something special and like we can really pump up the jams i got a quiz question for you then what what is the first i guess what are the lyrics that to this Tokyo Drift song. Can any of you guys rattle them off? Like the first set of lyrics. Wonder if we know. Then, 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 Tokyo, Tokyo. And you see me. If and you've seen me, it, then, it, then, then you know you Fast have and to Furious, go. dip, dip. Fast and Furious, dip, dip. You guys are very, very close. It's, I wonder if you know how they live in Tokyo. If you've seen it, then you mean it. Then you know you have to go. Fast and Furious. Yes. It says, Kita, <laughs> drift, drift, drift. It's drift, drift? I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, it's drift, not dip. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Speaking of, how much music was on the original score? 34 minutes and 5 seconds, 64 <laughs> minutes and 10 seconds, 90 minutes, or 74 minutes and 10 seconds? 35. It has to be 35. It's actually 64. Wow. Jesus. Extended cuts. Bandoleros is such a perfect Fast and the Furious song, too. Like, when you hear Bandoleros and you see Dom, like, it's so perfect for this universe. And I think it's, like, why I always, you know, imagine Despacito being a Fast and the Furious song. Because it just, like, fits this vibe. Yeah, people have, like, theme songs, too. It's, like, awesome. It's, like, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, very true. So why don't we just, uh, one more and we'll close the book tonight for the club. We'll do two. We'll do we'll do a crazy one and a normal one. So, what car was used mostly as the camera car? Oh. A Lamborghini Aventador, a Porsche Cayenne, a Bugatti Veyron, or a Porsche 911? I bet it's a Cayenne because if they had put cameras in it, that's an SUV. So, I'm guessing that. And you'd be right. So, I thought that was kind of difficult. It was at least difficult for me to read. I also think it would have been funny if they put, you know, in the million-dollar Bugatti Veyron, if that was their camera car. <laughs> And it's not in the movie at all. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty fun. And then the final question, pro racing driver, the original DK that we know, uh, has a cameo. I know it. What is that cameo? Fisherman. Easy one. He's a guy on the dock, yeah. Sitting on the dock, watching the drifters go by. <laughs> so that'll do it for book club i just shut the kindle i closed the ebook for the night guys i think that's going to conclude the three-part crossover event of the fast and furious tokyo drift i can't believe how much fun that was and i can't believe how well all three pieces of this work together so hopefully if you've made it this far that you agree and if not write me an email to tell me to go fuck myself family at kate <laughs> yeah, definitely let us know if this worked out and if we should do more stuff like this. Oh, definitely. I don't know if we'll ever get the chance. I mean, I guess we could have combined with Real Bad, because Joey, you said it was on their list and done a four thing, but that's silly. This is for three. It was, but they also don't record. They haven't They haven't done any recordings without people in the room, so I'm not to physically fly to Montana to defend this movie from them. Why don't the four of us drive to Montana in four separate cars? When we drift the whole way, yeah. And <laughs> we'll race there. <laughs> That would be fun. Fast and Furious Montana. Are, are we show plugging now, or what, what's going on? Uh, yeah, it's about that time. It's time for plugs. Yeah, so if you guys enjoyed this three-peat, or if you're just three fast, three furious, third time's a charm fans, I host High School Slumber Party as well, but you should have listened to that other episode. And... Well, we talk about high school films, and it's super fun. You can check me out there. It's a lot of fun, and go listen to the High School Lover episode, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely, if you guys haven't listened to that one. That one's a lot of fun. Yeah, we. I think we all love coming on your program, Brian. It's always a lot of fun. You know, I leave that note from my mom. I sneak out when she's not looking. I got my, <laughs> I got my fireworks in my sleeping bag at all times and everything ready to go. 
you know, sometimes after we chat, we sneak out, run around the neighborhood, blow up mailboxes. <laughs> Lots of fun. This must be like a cool franchise now if you're a like high school kid like to watch at a sleepover. Yeah, because you got like 10 of them. Yeah. Run the marathon, you know. Some kids will fall asleep at like, you know, five or, or four. Or someone will make it all the way through. Someone will call their mom and tell them to pick them up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Somebody will pee themselves, have to get a new pair of pants. <laughs> exactly. I got to open that segment up. What have you actually done at a slumber party? Oh, yeah. There you go. So, Joey and Joe, too, tell us a little about where we could find you. I mean, obviously, if they're listening, I mean, I'm sure your fans have come all the way over to part two and part three but for fans of this show if there's any out there and if they haven't heard of your show why don't you tell them all about what's been happening what's going on with uh not just too fast too forever but the whole lineup between you two joey go for it so every other tuesday we have too fast too forever we are watching the fast and furious movies on repeat forever cutting in some uh you know relap recap tune-up episodes as well as some fan fiction read-alouds which is very exciting they're so much fun i need to get you guys to do a voice on the fan fictions we've also got a, a handful of times per year a new uh, ryan gosling podcast a new channing tatum podcast and then exciting uh there should be at least two new episodes of zack attack this year oh that's right yeah so there's lots of things going on but the big the big draw for the two of us is too fast too forever every other tuesday mike is on all episodes this lap we are this is we are obviously now three of eight done um so we still got five episodes left and really honestly a lot of the best movies still to go so check out too fast too forever and then separately check out hanks for the memories and cruise club every other friday because as Brian knows, Fridays are for fun. Fun. So go check out the Tom Tom Club after you listen to High School Slumber Party. Listen to Mike and me counting down or working our way through the careers of Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks, and it is wonderful so far. They're great actors. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine you haven't hit any bad ones yet, did you? Losing it is kind of bad, but that's that's all right. Bad in the scheme of things, not bad like early Zac Efron Lifetime movies bad. True. Okay. <laughs> it's still good in comparison to some stuff we've had to sit through early on. Oh, sure, other, yes. This is this is the best yeah. bad thing. Like, of, of all the worst things that we've watched, this is the best of those, if that makes sense. And I know the exciting thing is that I know Mike saw this because he liked it on Facebook, but I just bought on VHS Losing It and Children of the Corn 3 and the Cage movie Kiss of Death for $8 on VHS shipped to my home, all three together. So I love VHS. VHS Club. What a bargain for Cage Club, Watch the Throne, and Cruise Club. So shout out Jerry from RCTV, uh, doing the Lord's work, preserving VHS, and giving me a bargain for three movies I will probably never watch on VHS, but will own and display proudly. So losing it, coming soon-ish, whenever this comes out, I don't know. Maybe next Friday, probably? Or no, coming out this today. No, it's out. It's out now. This past Friday, losing it. Losing it. By the way, I didn't mention that I'm on Twitter. High School Slumber Party. And obviously you can find us on Facebook at Too Fast Too Forever. We have people that talk to us there now. It's kind of strange. So go do that. Nice. All right, guys. Well, I guess it's time to take off our wabaki and put our shoes back on and, you know, go home for the night. So thank you very much. And um, thank everybody for listening. Talk to you soon. That'll do it for another installment of Third Time's a Charm, and that concludes the epic three-show, three-part crossover event. I gotta thank my drift bros, Joey and Joe Two, and Brian, 
for cruising around all night and rapping about one of the best part threes in history. Be sure to check out Too Fast, Too Forever with Joey and Joe too. And you can currently catch me riding along with them as we continue lap three over on that feed. Check out High School Slumber Party hosted by the principal himself, Brian Rodriguez, as well as PSI Love Hoffman and PSI Still Love Hoffman with his Hoff bro, Kyle Reinfried. Be sure to check out Joey and myself as we explore all the films in both Tom Hanks and Tom Cruise's filmography in what we are calling the Tom Tom Club. Now, that's two separate podcasts. That's Hanks for the Memories and Cruise Club, but it's under one umbrella, one main project that we're calling the Tom Tom Club. So join us every other Friday for a Tom Hanks or a Tom Cruise episode. Fridays are for fun. And if you're also looking for some of those collectible VHS that Joey mentioned, you can check out our friend Jerry's store at Pause N Rewind. That's Pause, the letter N, and then Rewind. Uh, He's got an eBay store. He's online. Go check him out. He's got all kinds of rare VHS, DVD, Laserdisc, Blu-ray, CD, vinyl, and video games. Anything that you are looking for. I'm sure he's got lots of crazy stuff cool obscure selections so check them out make sure you check out cageclub.me and all the other great shows on the network as well as back episodes of third time's a charm write me at three that's t-h-r-e-e at cageclub.me and send me anything i will read it on the air for all things third time's a charm go to cageclub.me facebook.com slash cageclub and cageclubpod on twitter and instagram cageclub now has a patreon so you can go there to support the network and possibly dictate what movies we may watch in the future all that info can be found at cageclub.me and that's gonna do it for now so until next time remember that the stunts you saw performed in this movie were done by professionals and please don't try to teach yourself how to drift at home sayonara That's a magic number. Three. Yes, it is. It's the magic number. Three. Three may stop at me, and that's a magic number. What does it all mean?